0: Jason, as it is each and every week, the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! Hey, did you know that the Signature Series Automated Shades, they provide a safer environment for children and pets, due, Jason, to their cordless nature?
1: All hail our Signature Series overlords.
0: Hey, you can even program them. It's really cool. You just program right in your phone, allow you to use your heating and cooling only when you need it for maximum energy efficiency. Oh hell! Head on down to our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit, right in downtown on Main Street. Tell them, Jason and Nick, say it. Hello, and welcome to this Friday conversation edition of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast. We are back with John Bedoin from KC Communications and Media Matters, and my sometimes partner every week partner co-host, wednesday something wednesday, or co-host jason norberry we're back to continue our conversation about stories that we are looking ahead to that are to come in 2020 on wednesday we talked a lot about some of the stories s- surrounding the the city hall and, and the city and downtown today what we want to focus on are some of the stories that we're looking ahead to that are going to come out of the lee summit r7 school district we finished our last conversation. We talked. We talked about former superintendent Dr. Dennis Carpenter, who has filed a lawsuit against the EDC. So let's start with the legal stuff again. Way to, way to, way to hit it on a positive <laughs> note. Nick. Way to go. You know, look, I figure if we start low and just build up, it'll it'll be a little easier. All right. All right. So there are John. I'm going to start with you. There no. are a couple of lawsuits yeah. still concerning the school district, and I think those are things that we are going to follow. Look, we probably aren't going to see any fast conclusions to these. But there are some stories to follow. Yeah, along.
2: we we may or may not, and I'll, I'll leave the the real <laughs> finite uh, legal stuff to, to my colleague here to the right. He, he, he still um, has a license, so we can blame anything wrong yeah, on him. Yeah. Oh, thank you guys. Well, there and and someone uh, recently did, and I I, I fact checked that to make sure it was it was correct. I, I believe there are four lawsuits uh, kind of floating around right now. Somebody did a, a list recently, uh, but two of those are Jane Doe suits, and so you know we don't we don't know the names of the individuals, but. One stems from the alleged uh, rape that took place at Bernard Campbell, and that, that names uh, the district and, and Dr. Carpenter and some of those uh, building and, and SLC, stands for Leadership Center leaders, in that lawsuit, which these lawsuits often do. I, I don't think we can say enough that, that, that there are certain people that were always going to be named in every lawsuit when it has to do with city. The uh, superintendent's going to be one of them. Uh, the Danielle Nixon suit is, is floating around right now, and she is the individual who is the uh, director of communications for Raytown C2 schools and applied for was one of three finals for a job in R7 that she did not get that eventually went to Kelly Wachell Uh, that when I wrote about that last fall in the fall uh, that was supposed to go to mediation on December 9th and the district has uh, told me very recently uh, in the last week uh, that that did not go to mediation on the 9th and they don't have a future date uh, set right now for that so I don't know where that suit is but it is still there and then there's of course the Amy Gates suit. And Amy Gates is still uh, working in technology with our school district. And Dr. Gates has been with our district for many years and has filed suit over sunshine, over alleged sunshine law violations. Again, going back to the director of communications search and things that that some of our leadership allegedly said or did not say during meetings about who should get that job and about uh, the opening some of the records on some of those emails. So there are a lot of things cooking right now. Do any of those get Resolved in 2020, I doubt it. But Jason, that's probably where you would have your expertise. I'm sure.
1: Well, I mean, one, I think you 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 know take into account. I think the ones the Jane Doe suits are, and I don't want to say normal because any kind of an no, allegation sure. of rape is something that we don't want to take lightly. But the, but it, personal injury actions, things of that nature, are things that when you have a district of you know, 20,000 students, a t- bunch of employees, all the various and sundry pieces that we have floating around in there. Bad stuff is going to happen on school grounds or in and around school grounds. And whether that's a slip and fall or something far more serious. And, and there are going to be lawsuits that are related to that. So those aren't. I don't think those are particularly – I don't want to say they're not noteworthy, but they're not unusual mm-hmm. that they exist. The The ones that, that pertain I, to I – But would, I,
0: would, I would counter, though, that, that safety is always – a concern, uh-huh. And it's always a, a topic that is brought up by by residents.
1: Right. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about safety as we go into um, – as we talk a little bit about the bond issue and some things coming up here as a whole. But I, I think it would be more if there were a pattern of those sorts of suits, we would see a little bit more of that. And hopefully, let's all be clear, we don't want a pattern of, of that kind of stuff going on. But I think the ones that are – of more note you know the I will say if nothing the the carpenter reign was not quiet um, as it ran through there and, and those suits uh, surround things that happened while he was the superintendent and we'll see where those go
0: let me let me let me ask this question and I I really don't know that, know the answer to it is because dr. carpenter is no longer the superintendent mm-hmm. does that mean that some of those that are related to his tenure will be resolved more quickly
1: not necessarily um basically the short version is there are two kinds of acts that a superintendent can take acts that are official and acts that are personal Um, and so in any of these lawsuits as the as as john alluded to the superintendent is always going to be a named party um in those suits so sometimes the superintendent is named as an actor in the you know that the superintendent did X or didn't do Y or what have you. And in in the two, uh, the sunshine suit and the the communications post, other communications post suits, Dr. Carpenter was definitely listed as an actor in those. Um, But uh, so there's those. And so a lot of times... You know, he's listed as a party because he was the person who was the superintendent at that time. Part of his, uh, you know, his mutual separation agreement uh, required that he participate in those actions or any actions that arise from the time he was there. You know, a lot of that's covered by insurance and things of that nature. There are acts that he could have taken that are outside the scope of that. And that gets a whole different bucket of stuff that I don't think anything is necessarily alleging specifically. But um, but in general, it, his absence or presence, and um, honestly, the contract, the way that, that thing wrote out, it requires his continued presence to be available for those as we go forward.
2: And let's not forget, for, for those, uh, you know, I, and not to put people in different buckets, there were probably people that were uh, uh, dismayed about Dr. Carpenter's departure. There were probably a group of people that were celebrating Dr. Carpenter's departure, and then there probably is in any community a group of people who are indifferent about Dr. Carpenter's. There are a lot of people are like, who? <laughs> Dr. Carpenter's departure what people need to be prepared for in 2020 i think nick is is that we are going to continue to be in the news that if you thought dr carpenter wasn't going to play a part in in lee summit r7 in the press in 2020 you are sorely mistaken i don't know that he's going to continue tweeting at the district i don't know if he's going to continue doing those kind of things but his lawsuit against the lee summit economic development council Coupled with a number of lawsuits that he is either named as a a main player or secondary player and virtually guarantee that we're going to continue to hear about this into the new year. It's going to be reported on over and over.
1: And I'll say this is that, you know, for better or worse, his shadow looms very large over the equity plan. Yes. Uh, And, and so whatever is going to come of that as we go forward is going to be something that, that that's going to, you know, even if he says no words about it at all, his, you know, he's going to be there, and that 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 shadow, that presence, will be
0: around it. Well, I will say one thing real quick, John. Just to, just in res, in response, that yes, it will be in the news, but that's also kind of the, it is news, so the news people it, are going to sure. are going to talk about it. But let's. Uh, Jason brought up an interesting point. Jason Jason brought up the the equity plan, which was, I think, the source or at least the perceived source of of, of much of the turmoil during during the tenure uh, of Dr. Carpenter and I think one of the things we're going to we're going to need to watch and I think this is going to be a question that we ask as we go into the elections as we're meeting candidates and seeing how they want to differentiate themselves is what's going to happen with the equity plan is this just going to be quietly swept under the rug are we gonna follow through? I know, I know that the the consultant is is working. They are working with it, but it was just a twelve month contract. So, is it gonna be twelve months and done? Are we gonna move on? Will that plan no longer be a part of the school's stated mission? Which, by the way, it is, and is one of the reasons they made the hire they did the last time. Is that gonna be an issue when they talk to the new candidates for 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 the? replacement superintendent how is the equity plan going to play a role in the future of the district i think that's an important thing for us to watch well i think i I agree um
1: and i think it's something that will be there and it could be that in the end and honestly this could have been this way from the very beginning um that the the net of these things, I think, is designed to say: Here are some things that you guys can do and teach each other and do better to do better in your classrooms and and give the students a better experience. Right? These—that's the sort of the net. Here are a set of tools you can have. That may all happen, but that's not the conversation we had. That was not the conversation. But I think that, but in the end, that were in the beginning, that was the idea. Is that we need to deal with it because we and and part of that is making the raising awareness of these issues and dealing with those sorts of things and we may get those all of those things may happen, right? And we may get them and there may be a a celebration at the end of the whole thing. We may extend this out for a couple of years because they commit or as you put it, it could I don't even want to say die a quiet death because it could quietly become very successful but we never know about it and i think that part of what we which want to find out which isn't
0: necessarily a bad thing either
1: right what we want to find out is like how is it actually making an impact going forward and and, and that's what that's where i that's the question that i have
2: i i don't think this topic's going anywhere uh, anytime soon that we we're going to have candidates that that are uh, that are we're going to have candidates that are going to want to discuss it, uh, it i think we're going to be all over the board on the level in which they're able to discuss this. I mean, we look at the, there's six candidates right now. We're going to end up, I bet we end up with double digit candidates. We'll, we'll probably have more candidates for school board than we do for city council. That's just a prediction on my end. Well, good. Cause uh, it pays way better. So that yeah, makes a lot right. of <laughs> uh, I guess I said it in my last column, it's arguably a, a exponentially harder uh, and more thankless job right now than, than probably city council. And yes, we're paying our council members and we don't pay our, our school board members. That's a hundred percent volunteer position. I think that topic's not going anywhere. There are, uh, there are groups like Suburban Balance and some other groups that have really uh, grabbed hold of, of that and, and, and for a lot of positive reasons in the community have said, we can't let this topic go. Whether Dr. Carpenter's here or not, we can't let this topic go. I think the unfortunate part of that conversation is that for just a various amount of reasons, the school board uh, and Dr. Carpenter both uh, failed at, at building consensus. Uh, to help move that, that needle. They, they, they could not build consensus. they could not move the plan. Uh, they hit a stalemate. I don't know that the stalemate continues, but we, but the part of that conversation has to live on with this new school. We, we could potentially have three brand new school board members. I, I don't think regardless of who gets elected, I don't think that the topic goes anywhere.
0: But before we get into I want to move on in a, in a, in a second to talk talk about the, the school board, its role and, and the candidate candidates for for that election committee before we get there the other piece to the to the equity thing is is we had a very awkward and public conversation about race when th- through that very. it was emphasis on the awkward awkward <laughs> awkward but is that conversation gone now because we haven't had that conversation since does it need to still go on will we will we see that go on are there candidates that are going to going to bring that up what what do you guys think is going to happen there
1: I think that there are candidates who will bring it up. Um, and, you know, I mean, uh, my record on this, on this podcast is pretty clear. I think that they should. Um, and I think it's a conversation that should be had. But, but I mean, I think that that's it. But the bigger question is even that, you know, I, I don't think it can be avoided. I think John's right. There are there are organizations that are out there that have a vested interest in making sure that these questions uh, remain in the public eye. Um, and, it, and, and so it's not, I think, as important... I think it will be an issue regardless. It can be a a contentious or a really. It's going to be a challenging issue regardless, but it can be a very uh, combative issue, a very sort of negatively addressed issue, or it can be an issue that can be addressed. There are a number of ways. Any of these candidates have an opportunity, for instance, or the current school board members to really work through that. Um, you know, John, you mentioned the, the lack of consensus. I mean, that's that was shown on the, the school board vote for the first – especially for the first go-around right. for the consultant. And, and I'm not sure – nothing about the consultant changed between – the first vote and the second vote. The only thing that changed was the public furor over the things that were said from the dais. And, and, you know, that's its own. And we, I think everybody would like to not have that particular. So there are ways I think to at least make an attempt to address these issues in a way that is not rough from the, uh, the dais. And hopefully we'll see some of that from these candidates. Well,
2: real quick. Here's the wild card on whether, so the 30,000 foot question, Nick is, does the equity discussion continue? I think it all comes down to the next superintendent. That's going to be who decides next superintendents in theory going to be voted on, named on January 23rd that therein lies that regardless of who it is, whether it's Dr. Miller or any of the three outside uh, finalists that are going to go through the, the interviewing and vetting process throughout January. That's who's going to have to take that ball and run. Someone will have to do that in a way that Dr. Carpenter could not or would not.
0: John, you and I are former reporters. Yes, Jason, you are a known media
2: critic. <laughs> You're <laughs> listen. That's that, you are a trained. <laughs> that line's a mile long.
0: <laughs> you are a trained attorney. All oh, of us. All of us have professional training to ask questions, to observe, and ask a question. I want to. Does this question need to be asked publicly? of our school district concerning the process of hiring the next superintendent after a very i'm going to say it again a very public and very awkward conversation on race all four of those finalists are white is that a question that needs to be asked i think it's a question that can be
1: asked but one thing we don't know um at least at this point, and i don't think we will know is what was the pool of applicants um,
0: yeah,
1: we'll
2: never you're right we'll never know we'll that. never know that yeah. and
1: so i mean it. Look, I but mean,
0: but does that mean you still don't ask the question?
1: No, I think you do ask the question. And who knows what the answer will be? But the answer could be we can't say because there were, you know, I mean, if there weren't any black applicants, they're not going to say that because they have HR things, and and if are you know, we went through the process and we used this scoring system, which we may get to see, and these are the numbers that came through the process, and that's what we have. Um, it's hard to say what that will be. But I think it's, you know, I mean, if you want to talk about optics, and, you know, I know John likes to talk about this sometimes, uh, is, you know, that may, that's, you know, the, if you want to roll that in, we had the last person of color who was in the administration leave in the fall. And that, that and none of this is an accusation against the school district or the board. But no, I think that when is just- you, when you couple these things together on the backs of, the, the very difficult time we had dealing with issues of race and the termination of the super of the district's first black superintendent, it's certainly if you want to pick this picture, it's a picture that looks like we have some we have a lot of questions left to answer about how our seven deals with issues of race.
2: Yeah we're, we're chasing our tails if we start to go down the road of why are the final four candidates all white? and, and I will I will say this also we don't we don't know. Uh, the, the 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 background of each one of these candidates. Uh, either we, we we know where they're from. Uh, we can Google search them and find find out you know some some probably very uh, thirty thousand feet things that they did in their district. But this interview process will vet out some of those more finite details. If we're just going to talk about race, this is going to be. Uh, a very long year, I think. We're, we 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 because it's it's it again. We're chasing our tail. We're we're not going to know who the candidate pool was, so we're not going to know why there are no people of color in the final four candidates. So we're not going <laughs> to. You know, do you see the the, the the problem that we're running into here? We're ne- we're never going to answer these questions. So we're going to we're going to bury ourselves in that same awkward conversation. But unlike last year last year's awkward conversation, this one doesn't get us anywhere. We're not going to start over with new candidates.
0: Right. And and I, no, and I think th- I think you're I think I think you're both correct, and I and I was really more coming at it from you know that's a question that's going to be asked quietly amongst groups.
2: It's already being and, asked, and, it's, and, it's, right? It's out on but, social media. But
0: but then the 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 other perspective, the reason I come forward is it, is that a question that that people in our positions should be asking, and I and I just I think it, I think it's out there. It's worth talking about. But but you're right. I mean, you're 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 never going to know what the pool was. You're never going to know how the, how that process got to where it is, but I think it's a question that's gonna be out there. Yep. And so John, you talk a lot about how how about optics and about how the district passes their message. They should be ready for that question, they and should there be. should be an answer. Yep. Right,
2: and, and just because a reporter knows uh, I, uh, he or she is ninety nine percent sure how that question is going to be answered doesn't mean you don't ask the question. I, I absolutely look, agree. Uh, look, that's a
0: that's uh, a ninety nine percent of the questions I ask. I know the answer, <laughs> but I want you to say it. you have right.
2: to ask the question. I would say yeah.
1: that it, you want to, you you probably we need to ask that question, and the district needs to be prepared to answer it. But it may not be the point. It may not be. It's not. One piece. It's not like right. on and of itself enough to be. Right. I, I want to say actionable, but right. uh, you know, and that sort of thing. But it is colored, and I hate. To, I'm sorry, that's the wrong word to use here. But there we go. But the the you need view. To get, go to timeout. Yeah, the view of of that decision. Yeah, wherever, however it was come to right. is. Is tinted by the stuff that has happened in the last year yeah. or two years. And so it's inevitable, which is why the question has to be asked, and, and I think you guys are right. The the district has an obligation to be ready to answer that question, even if the question is we can't say it, you know.
2: If, if I if I'll just say this, if I were if I were really fighting for equity in this district right now, I wouldn't be asking why the four candidates or why I would be asking, what are we doing with Don Smith's position? Where's that? Are we going to hire? An equity assistant superintendent of equity. If so, what is that person going to do? What are their measurables? And are we going to specifically look for a person of color to take Don Smith's place? I think I think those have to be higher end questions than, than gnashing our teeth over over the the superintendent. And I don't think anyone's asked that question. Where is that position? She's been gone since the fall.
1: And I'll go beyond that. Is that that follows into the equity plan? Right. What are what is the district doing right. to address the fact that in a district where twenty five percent of the students or people of color that we have 0% of the administration is hired or under well under that 25% for our teachers and what have you. What are those steps we're taking? And that is, those are the things amongst the things that the equity plan is supposed to help us achieve or help the district achieve. And those are the questions that we'd like to see answered. Yep. Well,
0: and I, and I think what, what we're getting to here too is that we hope that these are questions that people have. And if you have them, you know, these are the things you need to talk to your school board representatives about. These are To make sure that those questions are being asked as we go through this, this process. Yeah. Of hiring because the next superintendent, they're going to decide what happens with with that former position held by Don Smith. They're going to decide yep. what the administration team is going to look like, and then the school board, however that body is defined after this election, is going to going to have to decide how to how to back that that play or whether or not to back up. Let's let's move on a little bit and let's let's go to the uh, let's let's go to the bond issue first. Yay. that is look <laughs> we are at a historic <laughs> ask the Missouri school districts have not had an ask this big before however if you look at the things on the 224 million dollar price tag which it may or may not be that the language has not been approved by the school board yet yeah so it's, let's 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 start there but if you look at each of those individual things there are strong cases for them so guys the bond issue what are we looking to in the next year well
2: uh, i uh, First, uh, everything about that bond issue centers around whether or not the voters believe some or anything that's happening uh, right now at coming out of the Stansbury Leadership Center. We I, I firmly believe that that every one of those items whether it's the middle school or security or 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 mason elementary or i firmly believe that those are obviously all things that that have been well thought out vetted they've been discussed they, they, they've crunched the numbers we have great facilities people in our district that have worked on these things but they are up against that invisible screen of do i believe what's happening at slc do i believe that these men and women are making the best decisions for me I think because our district has been so tone-deaf in the past uh, to the public, especially in the last three years, has been so tone-deaf to what the public has said, and 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 were tone-deaf years ago when the levy failed, that they don't see that piece. They don't see that they're up against... That they're not up against the dollars, or, or, you know, there's this whole discussion about, wow, there's no tax increase, or no, you know, we, we all know that stuff. We all know that what, what happens to, to your tax bill, uh, whether or not you vote for this, and the, the answer is very little. However, 224000000 million doesn't come for free. Uh, but we're—I don't think we're up against those dollars. We're up against: Do I believe what these people are telling me, do I believe that they're going to use this money wisely?
1: Well, okay, so there's—that's there's a good question, and I think you raise—and and I've seen some of your your posts and you know your columns and and your posts on social media, and the, not yours specifically, but the, the right. comments that follow it, right. I think uh, often illustrate a conflation of a bunch of issues, and and so I wonder, you know. There are people who complain that the classroom sizes are too large or the teachers are paid too much or not enough or you know jan- there aren't enough janitors or what about this and right. what about my baby and I don't like sixth graders being in you know they go through like a whole big list of things not all of which have in- almost anything to do with this bond issue but yet they also do right and then we when you can put that on top of the the superintendent issue yep. and the school board election and the school board you know, turmoil and the lawsuits and the lawsuits and all the other bits and pieces. It's, it's an interesting question because from a, from an objective standpoint, you know, if we look at it from, it's like, you know, the, the question is, can we afford it as a district? Are these things that need to be done? And if the answer to those two questions are yes, then yes seems to be the right kind of vote or, you know, and I know that there are people out there who are like, well, I'm never going to vote for anything that costs taxes ever. Right. But you know, those people were not going to, there's no convincing someone who takes that particular stance. so, how do how, how does the district thread that needle? Then where is that? How do you figure that out? I mean, I think they take the they take the stance that sort of objective stance, and maybe according to what you're saying, don't pay as close attention to the, the softer factors um, that surround it. No, I, I, how do they thread that needle yeah. and and yet maintain um, you know integrity in what they're trying
2: to do? Well, I look at eight or nine years ago uh, when Dr. McGeehee was told very soundly and very directly by the business community do not try to run that levy don't don't do it and we did it and it failed and then we went into this thing called cost containment which was just a whole lot of fun for so many people and we're still coming out of cost containment as a district dr mcgee didn't listen to the business leaders however he did what he thought was right for the district so that, that there's absolutely that balance there he tried to get that thing passed. It didn't get passed. So he went into the mode that he had to, which is, all right, where are we going to cut, guys? Where, you know what, what fourth grade and fifth grade strings get cut and what sports get cut and all these things? So we had to do those things. This is not an operating level. This is a bond. So it's, it's a, obviously, it's a different deal. But it still comes down to selling it. It still comes down to what are the people telling you? Are they telling you that there are too many things right now being, being bandered around? I think this is a very interesting piece of this, which is if you don't hire Dr. Miller, You're going to ask the person that you just didn't hire, because this this new superintendent's not going to start to what, July one, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So next fiscal year. So you're you're going to ask the person you didn't just hire to take that bond across the finish line. Now they can't they can't promote the bond, but they can do educational pieces for the bond. You're going to ask all those people uh, that maybe were supporting Dr. Miller to take that across the finish line. If you do hire Dr. Miller, then she takes it across the finish line. And then you have people asking, well, why'd you spend tens of thousands dollars on a consultant team that just brought you a candidate that that works you know inside the building so and those are all peripheral uh, discussions to this but they they go to the heart of the whole issue which is are these people making the right decisions for us are they are they doing what's right for in for my pocketbook and my kid and in the classroom and in the buildings and all these things that that's those are fair questions I think the district has to really take a hard look at how many things that they're piling on themselves right now trying to just do the superintendent and the bond and manage the lawsuits and and man, most importantly manage the the mess in the media, which they're still not doing. They're not going to hire a communications director until probably after uh, the superintendent's hired. I want to needle you just a little
0: bit. Sure. You you mentioned early on, you talked about that there is a perception of, of people, whether whether it's on the dais for the school board or whether it's it's administration at, at, at the leadership center. You alluded to that there's a little bit of mistrust, that maybe they have been tone deaf. I was wondering if you could give a couple of, of examples there so that people kind of Know what you're talking about?
2: Yeah, I well, I I think I think the administration was definitely tone deaf during the levy eight or nine years ago. I think the administration has been has was was tone deaf during the the transition from David McGeehee to outside of David McGee. We had a very public fight uh, among. Uh, among school board members and Dr. McGeehee during that time. Uh, if you remember, we had at one point we had uh, dueling press conferences where one person had a press conference and another person had a press conference. I think we I think we got a lot of tone deaf out of the uh, Stansbury Leadership Center about what the people were saying about that. I think people were upset during the the David McGee thing, and 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 I think in some ways for the wrong reasons. Because you know, are we are we upset because of what the guy get pay, gets paid? Are we upset because of the of the other personal, not personnel, personal issues that were going on during that? Are we upset about something else? You know, what, where, where's really our anger coming from? And I think we started to chip away at the trust uh, from from the levy from a long time ago. More recently, during the transition. And we started to chip away at the trust, and and also communicatively, we have not gone to bat for this district. I don't believe from a communication standpoint, and really tried uh, to 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 sell all sides of, of what's going on in our buildings. We've changed, we've changed so much of what we do from a communication standpoint, and then we've been buried in this last year with what I consider. Obviously, less than than stellar news. That stuff is still news. I'm the first one in line that says, "Hey, if it's news, it's news." You don't you you don't pick and choose what's news. That's news. Lawsuits are news, and and superintendents leaving are news, and superintendents getting paid out 1.2 million dollars. There's another way that we're tone deaf. I mean, we're 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 writing these checks uh, to these former superintendents, and then we turn around and do this bond. We're 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 not hearing what people are really upset about. And I think it's time for a public forum to get people and let people holler and scream a little bit and let them let them. Sound off about this, instead of doing it on social media. That I think there's a, innumerable ways that the district has been tone deaf to the community. And if that results in a failed bond in April, I, I don't know when they'll ever put a bond on again.
0: Jason said it earlier. He said, you're talking about things that aren't really related to the bond, but then they kind of are. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I I, I I think our role, it's, it's always important you know, Jason and I try to do this to to that that a bond issue has absolutely nothing to do with the operating costs, with hiring staff, with paying salaries mm-hmm. to a new superintendent, to teachers, to janitors, whatever. This is about a bond issue is about buildings, physical things. However, you're right that if if someone is upset because they don't like that we've paid one point two million dollars right. to 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 see the last two superintendents go bye bye, they might not trust the district for anything else. So those, are, I think that's I think that's one of the things we're gonna be watching is, is how that conversation happens. Right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna revert back to our, our initial discussion about equity. And Jason, you you alluded to this a little bit in that it's a very nuanced conversation. And I think the thing where we all missed was that we didn't allow ourselves to talk about all of those nuances. We got stuck on one thing.
2: And and, and just I want to just remind people of one thing that the we're cutting this real close too with with uh, with the final discussion on the board and and the ballot. The board votes January twenty third, and election board has to receive uh, uh, its notice of election by January twenty eighth. That's, that's, a, that's a, I'm not saying we don't do quick turnarounds, but if there's any consternation about that the night of the twenty third, it's it's not happening in April.
1: Right, and and therefore we're not happening until twenty twenty one. Probably they won't yeah. put a. I don't think they actually. I'm not sure they can put a school board thing on until April. Um, on the, as they go, or if they do, it has to have a higher percentage of the vote. Victory. It
2: has to so. go four sevenths or something. Yeah. yeah. So yeah.
1: It, it gets, uh, it gets more difficult and, yeah. and we're going to see that go. So I guess that leads us into the elections themselves. Well, for the
0: I, board. I, yeah. I, I think John, what, what you were just saying about, you know, it's, it's about people have to have trust in the, in, in the district. Right. So here's where that trust gets built. We have another election coming up for three, three seats on the school board. Here, what are the questions? What are the questions that people should be asking of these candidates as they as they meet? What are the questions they should have of candidates and current board members about their role and what they're supposed to do in their job sitting on that dais? Well,
1: I mean, I think we'll, we'll start with the easy one, right? We, we have had now two superintendents in a row in which the board has had a very difficult, if not complete failure of an opportunity to resolve conflict uh, that existed there. Then some of that is... You know, some of that weighs more heavily on the superintendent. Some of that weighs more heavily on the board, but it's there and that relationship. So, the question, and we we attempted to ask this one last year. Um, you know, how's your relationship, or how do you deal with those? And I think this year, the, the it's a tougher question to ask. Is like, what about? You know, maybe we can. This is fresh, right? It's not three, four years ago when right. Dr. McGahey is gone, um, and almost no one was on the board that was on the board then is on the board now. You know, this is a really fresh thing, and and I think that question of, you know. By the time these people are elected, superintendent's going to have been hired. Yep. Um, they don't get to vote on that. They only get to deal with the annual budgeting stuff, you know, and that ongoing relationship. How are they going to deal with that ongoing relationship? And those answers, I think, are going to be really telling.
2: And, you know, we we talk as a community, and and we've done this with the the vision twenty years ago, or with Lee Summit three hundred and sixty, or what we're going through now with strategic planning about where our leaders and what are what do we want out of our elected leaders what do we want out of these people what what makes the ideal candidate it's impossible to put all these things together in one candidate but but right now i think we need we need business-minded people on our school board um i used to be a huge advocate of hey let's get the parents on the school board the people that are in the trenches every day and i still think that's a good idea uh, or people that have been through that process with the school district but at the same time uh, i think we have to we have to look at, at people that 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 can look at a budget and understand what they're looking at, that can look at uh, uh, some long-term strategic planning can, and, and can talk to facilities people and can talk about overcrowding, can talk about uh, uh, redistricting. We're not done redistricting. I mean, there, there's, you know, if, if, if this middle school gets built and if we need a fourth high school in, in 15, 10 or 15 years, and you know, guess who's going to be coming back for another bond uh, after this one? I mean, you're got to build a high, you got to put 110, $120 million high school up without a bond. And and so I, I think I think what we have to what the the level of, of elected official to and, and either Jason brought this up or someone did the level of elected official has elevated in Lee Summit. It has to. Man, coming out of twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen, with, with with some of what we saw on both council and school board give me a break we we have we've we've had to elevate the level of 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 who we need making these decisions and with that comes a a hell of a lot of responsibility
0: i think i think a lot of that goes back to what we what we were just talking about too is is asking questions about how they're going to deal with deal with and approach hiring a superintendent right right because that's number one job of school board hire the superintendent hire that person to lead number two job budget is yep. what you're really looking Deal at, but that you can't do that job unless you have a working relationship with the superintendent because the superintendent is going to put that budget together, who's going to hire the administration team that's going to do the re- that's going to lead the redistricting efforts, that's going to lead the planning efforts to come up with new buildings when and if they're needed. Yeah. So it all comes down to. The, the I think the questions really come come down to how they are approaching the relationship with the superintendent whether it's hiring it or working, working with an existing one
1: and I'll, I'll step on you know I think how the 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 candidates deal with the, you know talking about the equity plan like you know we don't know what the outcomes are at this point and what the ends are but you know we mentioned this there's a lack of there was a lack of nuance um, that people had last time and anytime we have these difficult, conversations, whether they're about budget or race or socioeconomic status or any of these sorts of things that everybody's a little uncomfortable, people tend to revert to, you know, flinging out to the edges and yelling about their thing that they understand and they feel comfortable in and not listening. The school board should not be the people that do that. They should be the people that kind of can, can suss through some of those things, work through the stuff that may be a little bit uncomfortable and express some nuance. And, and I think both on you know, how do you deal with the be building Trust? How do we deal with the equity plan? What do we do with the superintendent? You know, what is our overall budgeting thing? All of those things require that capacity to, to analyze, to process, and to give a, a, a fuller answer than just, you know, I'm again it or I'm for it. <laughs> well, I think that's right.
0: the, the leadership thing, that extra leadership thing that, that John was, was talking about is, is can they suss through all of that stuff and then lead us the public, the voters, through that conversation, I, and I'm going to say that's probably the thing that was missing over the last 18 months was that there wasn't anyone really trying to to lead a nuanced conversation and to to bring everyone in.
2: Yeah, I, you know, the 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 role of the elected official has has really been a roller coaster in Lee Summit uh, ever since I've been there, and even before that, in my, all my years. Uh, at the examiner Coveringly summit, um, you know, and, and, and how high or low profile that is. We've come to a point now where we're where I guess the roller coaster possibly is heading back up the hill, if that's a good thing, uh, because we're, we're seeing more candidates running the days of, of, of two unopposed candidates for school board are over. They've been over for a couple of years now. Uh, we're not seeing that at city council level, but we're seeing that at the school board level. so there is more interest but, but but with that comes a little bit of the skepticism on my part as a former reporter to say, why are you interested in this? what do you want to accomplish on school board? And I think that's a fair question that's 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 the most basic journalism 101 question that that I would pose to all six candidates right now is, what, what do you want to do? If you can give you get one thing done in, in three years, what is be, it? And
1: you would be lucky if you get that one thing. Well,
2: and yeah, you'd be real lucky if you get that one thing. And is your one thing thirty thousand feet, or is it really in the weeds? And 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 but I you know I'd like to see these school board members uh, really diving into you know what they're supposed to, not just showing up for graduations and and EDC lunches and things, but but being being out and being part of the community and being a, being held accountable for what they say and why they say it and what their actions are. And, and and how how they're leading we ask that of our city council and we pay them of course we ask that of them let's ask that of our school board
1: I, I don't disagree and I think that that's one of the things that's come up with elected officials in the last three years especially there's been so much more scrutiny um, at this local in the least summit level oh, I mean yes. if you look at the last election last you know in 2018 specifically when all of the city council seats were up in the mayor's seat and we had the extra city council seat and all the bits and pieces were running through that process and we had the school board seat. All of that thing. There was, you know, we covered everything. We did interviews and forums. You know, the, we had the traditional chamber forum. There were other coverages from all kinds of stuff all over the place. They're getting more scrutiny than they ever have. I mean, long gone are the days, and these are related, right? Long gone are the days where those unopposed candidates right. could just do rubber stamp. I mean, that was the big criticism for McGahey, right? Is that right. the board was just a rubber stamp for what he wanted. And... And, and you know long those days are over that that stuff they don't get that they can do that without attention without criticism without asking those questions or having to answer those questions are gone and it and it has raised the bar a little bit on what we expect
0: for our elected officials and i think that that's, that's a good thing let me let me ask this question how can the people demand more of when they're talking to candidates or even after the election when they're talking to their their school board Officials, how can the people demand more interaction so that they can hold their elected officials accountable?
2: Ooh. well, I, you know, it's such a different animal when you're on city council than when opposing when you're a school board. There, there's almost this uh, expectation, and, I, and I, I'm trying to remember where this comes from. Is, is there a, is there a is there a hard and fast rule that council members do have those those public forums quarterly or once a year? No, no, they, they just do that. Okay, right. well, you know, I I I. Uh, that may be a place to start you know i i think that that school board members sometimes in the past and maybe even currently i'm not sure but when they've come off the dais they've said you know my 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 hands are done with this there there is a there is a a not just a perception a reality and i'll say it from my end that the school board members in the past have not been responsive at all to emails uh, have not been responsive to phone calls, have not been responsive to to citizen concerns and things like that because that's never really been their role. They, they you know, we, we, we a couple of years ago, we didn't even have school board members with district emails. You remember that? Yeah. So, I mean, we're 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 just now turning the corner of accountability with these school board members. So the the your, your your question's great and i i think the answer is it's just going to take more time where it's going to take more time of of their role changing a little bit for for them and for the community to understand what the role of the school board member is
1: and i think that you know i mean if you look at you know you go back two or three years i mean when we started this podcast one of the things we got to a chance to do was sort of re-kickstart some of those forums for these for the for the districts and and now the the, can, or the council members themselves are doing it with the city's help. And, you know, I don't like it that much, but it's good <laughs> that they're out there talking to the people. I just want to be in control of the questions. But I think the same sort of thing. It's, it may require, you just always want control. I want control. <laughs> uh, but the, the district probably needs to set up a time where, you know, where whoever their communications person is can set up a time and says, all right, we're going to have two school board members because yep. I'm sure three. You have all kinds of sunshine law stuff and noticing things you have to deal with probably Uh, but some number of school boards are going to come members are going to come and sit and you can come and ask them questions and talk to them and they can hear from you directly outside of the you know three minute time frame that you're allowed during public comments once per month and but that's going to take something that the school district is going to have to do to help go through that i mean look if they want to come on to a a lease summit town hall town hall town hall well i'm sure we'll be happy to help set one up but i mean that but that may i think in the end it's a little bit different. I mean, I, right. I will say this is like, you know, as a volunteer commission member and probably one of the more public ones as a whole, as the, as the planning commission, mm-hmm. um, I don't have a, dis- I don't have a city email and, and nobody really sends me, I mean, you can get my information. Right. It's not that hard to find, but it's, but I mean, you, it's out there because as I think as a volunteer person, even though they're elected the the level of expectation is a little bit different, but right. it's something that can be adjusted somewhat to account for that. Cause I think to, to expect a volunteer person to book a room and deal with those sorts of things and all that stuff is a bit much but that's something that I think they are seven they are seven people can can manage on their own if they want to do that
2: and just real quick I'll add that, that this I think this continues to be an, an evolution of of how we're doing things how school board members act and react and, and, and uh, communicate with the, the public is, is it's very malleable right now. It's a work in progress. And we, we've seen that with, with R7 as a whole. We're, we're communicating differently now in R7 through social media than we ever have before. We, we held a forum for Dr. Carpenter when he was hired years ago we held a forum at least summit west to to answer community concerns I, I don't know that you would have ever seen that in this community before that and that was a nod to okay we got to do things a little bit differently we're we're adding uh, school emails uh or district emails for for school board members that's something that you would have you would have never seen before the r7 newsletter has has changed so we're 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 switching up some things we we just announced for the first time that i can remember ever we announced the four finalists for school board that is a direct result i'm not going to do a victory lap over that that's a direct result of what happens here and what happens in the community saying please be just a just show us a modicum of a little more transparency. Show us a little bit more of what you're doing and why you're doing it. Tell us who's part of this process. And all of a sudden we get the names and, and vitas of the four candidates. That that that's a continuation of, of, of growth, I think, in the district.
0: Well, and I think I think that's that's what I was alluding to with that question is is you know the people have to have to demand that interaction they have to demand that accountability and you can do that whether that's through email through phone calls through showing up at the meetings and asking questions through, you know, hey, listen to this podcast and tell us questions that we should ask you. Absolutely. A little bit of self-promotion yeah, yeah. for yeah. myself there. But I think I think that's the thing is, is, is you know, and, and Jason, we open this podcast every time with every Wednesday with, you know, how you can make a difference. And that's because we really believe that locally you can affect more change in your backyard than you can anywhere else. Guys, as we wrap it up, do you have any other questions that you think are, are important that people are asking of these candidates as we, as we look ahead to the next election?
2: I, I just have one thing. I... It, I think you know I'm not big on buzzwords for the new year and things like that, but we're we're looking ahead. I I think we have to uh, we have to continue to to ask of our elected officials to lead. Uh, by example, and and that's that's something that I hope that we can carry into the new year. There there have been a couple of instances this year, and I'm not going to get into the weeds on this, but there have been a couple instances of things that have been said on the school board dais, uh, of things that that our our school board members may have tweeted that that absolutely they, they don't just go against the, the the pillars of what we try to teach at least some of cares and what we try to tell kids in elementary to do as far as respect and things like that. They're just they're just they're just blatantly. Uh, Disrespectful and 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 in bad taste and in bad form. We've got to demand better of that. Part part of the growth of this community has to be again not just attracting better candidates, but 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 saying, hey, we we kind of agree with these things that we do at the mayor's character breakfast, and we kind of agree with these things that we're telling our kids in school, and we kind of agree with these things that 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 we that we preach over and over again. Man, let's start let's start acting in that manner and let's start acting uh and let's start treating volunteers with respect and let's start acting in that manner that's 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 something i I may not be remotely close to what your question was but that's something i like seeing the new year
1: i think it's good and i think that we have i mean look we there were a lot of uncomfortable and difficult conversations last year especially with the r7 and those questions have not been answered um you know the all the stuff that happened all the things that were said from the dais there has never been closure from a lot of that sort of stuff and i mean with the exception of the the termination of the superintendent but that didn't answer all of those questions or give responsibility to the things that were said and done so
2: that's true you're right as
1: we as we come through this it's like as the equity plan comes back up as the new superintendent comes on are we going to be able to have those conversations um in a, in a healthy way um going forward i hope so uh, not holding my breath but i do hope so
0: well, I think that's going to wrap up our, our discussion for for this week. I, I hope everybody enjoyed kind of our look ahead at the stories. Stories we're looking forward to, the stories we plan on covering. There's going to be a lot more, so so please follow along. Sub- go on your your favorite podcast device. Find the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast. Subscribe. Listen to us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. We love them. <laughs> and don't forget to subscribe to our weekly newsletter from link to leesummitcom we will talk to everybody on Monday. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall, a link to Lee Summit podcast with hosts Nick Parker and Jason Norberry. A proud member of the Fredcast Network, you can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook at link to Lee Summit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall. <laughs>